0: Today I want to talk to you about, it's the last sermon in the series Upside Down Kingdom and the Beatitudes, and I get to finish up with a fun one. Very fun one. You ready for this? Your blessed, your happiness may look different than heaven's blessed and happiness. We're going to dive into the word right now. This very fun, beautiful, fun scripture Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Make sure you pull out your Bibles. Hey, you never have to bring your Bible if you have it memorized. That's good. That's a good word. If you don't got it memorized, you need to have it. You need to pack it wherever you are. No excuses. You got an iPhone. You can have 52 versions of the Bible. Yep. So make sure you bring your Bible. Sometimes I let you cheat. And they'll be up there. Other times, I will not let you cheat, and you need to look it up in your Bible. Here we go. Blessed are those who are persecuted. I told you it was a fun one. Didn't I tell you? I told you. You could say blessed right there. You could go, oh, what a happy man. Woo! Oh, what a happy man. Those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake rejoice say that with me rejoice, rejoice. you got to say that with a smile come on go with me rejoice and be exceedingly glad Woo! For great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. How many of you have ever been persecuted for the sake of following Jesus? It could be within your family. It could be at work. I saw your hand go up. It could be because you were in a different nation. You may have just been next door in Canada, bro. Could have been in California. Could be right in your neighborhood. How many of you have been persecuted because of Jesus? We don't intentionally look for persecution. We don't try to provoke to be persecuted, at least most of us. I have seen that. Probably guilty of it back in my early days. But followers of Jesus, sharing Jesus, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus made it very clear you will face persecution. Did you know that? I didn't make that up. That's code red Jesus. And how blessed you will be. Oh, what a happy man and woman you will be. Jesus said this in John 15, 18 through 20. If, you, if the world hates you, you know that, that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, we're no longer of the world, right? I didn't get a good feedback on that. We're no longer of the world, right? We're no longer of the world. My residence is in heaven. I've been adopted. I'm a son. You're a son or you're a daughter if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today. If you haven't, you need to do that today. We'll give you the opportunity to do that. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Meditate on that. Selah. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Have you got a feeling yet that this is not like a cheery sermon? Float your boat sermon? Peachy sermon? It's not, but it is Jesus. It is the Beatitudes and what you'd be like with your attitude. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. You see, everyone is not excited about your good news of Jesus Christ. Everyone's not excited about you being the light of the world. Everyone's not pumped up about your flavor. They're not excited that you go to church and that you're a follower of Jesus Christ true. And it's only getting more predominant these days. Persecute in the Greek. In any way, whatever to harass, trouble, molest, one to persecute, to be mistreated, suffer persecution on account of something, and I added this, or somebody. Because Jesus for me isn't something. He is somebody yo. And he says that you and I will be persecuted. Saints, things are changing throughout all over the world, even in our country. Just because you don't see it uh, so directly in North Idaho, doesn't mean that it's not happening throughout the world. Uh, Raiding and I have an acquaintance up in way up in Mexico near the Guatemala border. His name is Manuel, and Manuel got converted out of Christian out of one religion into Christianity, and was just holding a small group. His small group started blowing up. The people from that one religion came, attacked him, cut off his arm with a machete. And then he had to go for hours, hours, hours in the back of a a trailer or something in order to get medical help. They thought he was dead. Hey, the ministry bought him a prosthetic arm. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, it's it's, kind of dark tan. And he's a super cool guy. Very, very... Very um, humble guy. And one day he saw the people that uh, cut off his arm and he went after them. And they freaked out because they thought he was dead. And so they ran from him and he said, all I wanted to do was tell them about Jesus. That was it. The Bible says, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake how many of you know that's not a good feeling it's hard to say oh what a happy man it's hard to say blessed Radine and i have been we've had things happen to us throughout years of ministry and i tell you what right in the heat of it it's extremely hard to say oh what a happy man i'm so blessed revile to be defamed to rail at to chide you, and to taunt you. But there was something about the early church that the apostles, they wore persecution almost like a a medal of honor. Acts 5.41 says the apostles left the high council rejoicing. Say that with me, rejoicing. That God counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus Oh, what a happy man. Blessed are you. Matthew 10, 28, code red. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body. Jesus always said, if you you tell your children or your family that, hey, come on, follow Jesus because there's no risk involved, I would tell you that you have a false theology because there's always been risk involved. Look at Jesus, who we celebrate next weekend, persecuted. His disciples, mostly persecuted. He told the 70, sent them out in Luke 10. This is what he said. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Has anybody ever seen wolves? I'm not talking about just in a cage. There's a reason why Jesus talks about wolves in the church. Jesus said, code red, are you ready for this? This is one of the most challenging scriptures that always challenges me when I read it. I call it one of those radical scriptures. It says, when he had called the people to himself and his disciples, he also said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him, number one, deny himself. Sila. Number two, take up his cross. Well, Jesus, you took up the cross. I don't need to take up the cross. He took up the cross so that you can take up your cross. Number three, and follow me. I find all three of those not easy peasy. Denying self, picking up my cross, his cross, and following him. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what will it profit a man? This is always convicting. <laughs> wow. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Wow. And loses his own soul. J.O., I've never been persecuted I've never been reviled. I've never been spoken evil against. I've never been lied about when it comes to Jesus Christ. Number one, I would say, great. That may change one day. Number two, does people know that you're a believer? Do you share the good news? Are you light and salt to those around you? If not, why? Do you love the world more than you love the Father? These are questions you have to ask or answer. Be careful that you don't love anything over Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John 2 told you it was a really pumped up sermon. But it's real. And we've been around people who are persecuted Physically and well, we've experienced some of that ourselves, not physically, but in other fashions. I'm not here to whine about it. It's just real. First John 2:15 through17: "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh started with Adam and Eve. Lust of the flesh, that apple or whatever food it was. The lust of the eye, they saw it and was like, oh, that's going to be good. And the pride of life, oh, it'll make you wise. Pride of life, always been around. Still, Those three things is what we battle every day as a believer. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Church, Jesus must be number one. Just like the first day that you came to know him. The number one first martyr was a guy named Stephen. I want to read a little bit of his story. I'm not going to go through the whole story. I find it very interesting why he was kind of martyred and who he was and what he was doing. It was kind of like, it was kind of like, the market of the heart had some problems with distributing food, but it wasn 't the market of the heart; it was the market in acts and It says this in acts six one in those days, the number of the disciples was multiplying. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows was neglected in the daily distribution, so some widows was getting baby food and some was not and the disciples said man we got to take care of this we need to be praying we need to be reading we need to be in the word and and they started raising up other people and they 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 selected seven men in order to help distribute how many know that it's not about just two or three people doing all the ministry of Jesus Christ how many know that each one of you are called to ministry do you know what ministry is? You find a need and fulfill it. If you find a need and fill it, guess what? You're in a ministry. That's exactly what's going on here, and you, and you can see what takes place as soon as people started operating in their gift and ministry, the impact it has on the world around them. Okay, so these men they were of good reputation. Say that with me: good reputation. They went to 22 years of seminary. Just kidding. They had a good reputation. They were full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. I need to be a cheerleader. Full of the Holy Spirit. That's what you and I need to be full of. Right? They had wisdom, and they were appointed over this business. And it says in verse 6 and 7, whom they set before the apostles, these seven And when they had prayed and laid hands on them, we believe in the doctrine of laying on hands here, very important. Then the word of God spread. All of a sudden, people were doing what they were called to do, and ministry started going like wildfire. The word began to spread. The number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem, and great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And then Stephen, he was accused of blasphemy. Set up just like it may happen to you one day. And I love it. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders, signs among the people. And like I told you earlier, some people don't like your message, your gospel, your flavor, and your light. And they didn't like this about Stephen. But this was so cool, verse 10. And they were not able to resist the wisdom. And the spirit by which he spoke. You keep looking up the screen because you think you can cheat. It's in the Bible. Amen. Stephen begins preaching and teaching, knowing what's about to take place. He starts preaching and teaching, and I mean, I tell you what, he brings it, I mean, he brings it, baby. I mean, the history, and this is kind of how he concludes his sermon. This is is how scared he is. You want to know how scared he is? Verse 51, this is how, he doesn't totally end it here, but it was a good, like, kick in the teeth. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. And ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. And they were really pumped up about that. Can I encourage every one of us, me, you, everyone here, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Some people don't even talk as if there is a Holy Spirit. God is in heaven Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is with us here. He wants to be in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants to. In situations like this, he wants to stand up inside of you. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. All Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do to not face the fire was to bow. But that would have been resisting. I think the Holy Spirit. All Daniel had to do was don't pray. But I think that would have been resisting the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is fill in your blank. But don't resist the Holy Spirit. There may be a a day where we're faced like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like a Daniel or whoever it may be. Chapter 7, 59 through 60. And they stone Stephen. And if you're from Washington, I'm not talking about smoking weed. (laughs) They stoned Stephen with stones. Crushed his spine, his skull, his bones. Cut his flesh open. This is not a fairy tale. And you should think my wife and Nathan, uh, because they saw the video I was going to show, and they're like, Joe, you, you cannot show that. It wasn't even on my radar. It was just lions ripping up Christians. Terrible, huh? It happened. This is, this is Stephen. It's amazing. They stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, I don't know if I can do this. He said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Bless it. Oh, what a happy man. The glory of God was upon him. And it says, and then he said this, he fell asleep, and oh, wow. You know what Jesus did? The only time in Scripture Jesus stands up, right hand of the Father. You get Jesus standing up on your behalf? Brother, you done did something. Look what takes place. All of a sudden, he's dead. It's like that seed of persecution and suffering goes down into the ground. And look what takes place in verse 1 of chapter 8. Now Saul, now this is Saul. Y'all know Paul who wrote two-thirds of the Bible? Well, B.C. days, before Christ, he was Saul... Before a conversion, and he was, he was persecuting the church of Jesus Christ. This is this guy, and it says, Now Saul was consisting, consisting to his death, and at the time a, time, a great persecution arose against the church which was in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. How many of you remember Jesus said, Wait on the promise? And you will receive the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You'll be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, where? Judea, huh? Samaria, huh? To the ends of the earth. This is already taking place. He's full of the Holy Ghost. It's all persecution from the devil. The devil might not, I'll put it this way. The devil may have did it, but God will use it. I call this the Jesus freak shift. Because Jesus, as you being a Jesus freak, he can shift it for you. He can shift something uh, that looks evil to good. He can shift. He can do a Jesus freak shift on you and get you out of your nest And get you out of your comfort zone. And this is exactly what's taking place. There is a Jesus freak shift in this situation. And people, man, I tell you what, through persecution and this martyr of Stephen, things begin to really happen. And if you look at other nations, you'll find that takes place. Places like Korea. Possibly Ukraine. Ukraine where people are being persecuted. You see, listen to me real good. Jesus is committed to the gospel of of him and the Great Commission. He's committed to it. He doesn't just talk it. This is how you'll know somebody, their value system, by what they do and not what they say. Jesus trained people to preach the gospel, and he did it. They went out, preached the gospel, and then he didn't just train them. He preached the gospel. And then he died for the gospel. Right? Why? That's the, ultimate, that's the ultimate point of value you can have on someone when you're willing to die for it. So he's more interested in the gospel and the great commission. People emptying hell and people filling up heaven. He's more interested in that than your comfort. Yeah, 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 yeah. he is. Believe me, he is. And your prosperity. <laughs> he is. And you being successful. Even though you can have comfort and you can be prosperous, all those there's nothing wrong with that. He's just more interested in people coming to know him. Ask Peter. Peter didn't always think rightly, and he didn't always act right. Even though Peter was always Jesus' number one disciple, if you ever see the list of disciples, you'll always see Peter as number one. But there was a day before he was filled with the Holy Spirit that he thought real fleshly. Let, let, let me read this. And Peter took him aside, Jesus, and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter, Peter number one disciple, number one, get behind me, Satan. Be like Jesus getting all up in your grill right there just like, hey, get behind me, Satan. That'll wake you up. For you are not, you are not setting your mind on the things of God but the things of men. See, you're thinking like a man. You're thinking like the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God is. You're thinking right side up, and I'm the king of the kingdom of the upside down. And Peter got it lady. later. Do you love me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you love me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you love me? He finally got it. He got his mind renewed, filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at what takes place In Acts 8, 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere and they made millions. They went everywhere and they bought electric electric cars. They went everywhere preaching the word. Guess what happened? The church blows up, believers everywhere, miracles taken. The gospel is going to the ends of the earth. This Ethiopian dude's reading Isaiah. Philip shows up. He's like, hey, you know what you're reading now? Well, show me. Shows him, gets water baptized. Philip's yanked out of there, disappears, shows up somewhere else. I mean, it's happening. It's happening. It was all stemmed on, birthed on from Persecution. Paul seems to wear wear it as a medal in Galatians 6.17. He says, from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Maybe he read the Beatitudes. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Great is your reward in heaven. I want to close with this. If you've been here for years or maybe you're new, I have never done a sermon on my eschatology. But I'm just going to read this. People get, forgive me if this is offensive, they get post and mid and trib and, and I give, you know what I get? I don't give a rip. As long as people are going to hell in a handbasket, you know, I think what's important is the gospel is being yeah. preached. And people come to know Jesus Christ. And why take up all my time and my brain space in trying to figure out what I'm not going to figure out. Ever. But I will tell you that I do believe that we are living in Matthew 24 right now. I'm just going to read it. You have to make that decision for yourself. But just let me read it. Go with me just for a minute. Matthew 24, 3-14. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them saying, See that no one leads you astray. Now, you should hear Jesus today. That's to you. Let no one lead you astray. For many will come in my name, so you need to know that. Here you, all of a sudden you have a Jesus pop up here and a Jesus pop up here, Jesus, and I'm like, you guys are crazy, man. When Jesus comes, we're going to know it. He says this, number one, I am the Christ, and they will be led, lead many astray. You need to be aware of that. People leading people astray saying they're Jesus. That's not right. Number two, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Has anybody heard of anything like that lately? That's what I thought. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Number three, for nation will rise against nation happening, and the kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines happening, and earthquakes in various places. Anybody ever been in an earthquake? Not just in North Idaho, little go to Northern California, get in a real earthquake. Been in them. Number five. All these things are but the be listen beginning of birth pains. How many of you ever had birth pains? Please raise your hand. Okay, wonderful. I'm I'm a man, full blown, always have been, always will be. I will never have children of my own, of giving birth. But I've been around birth pains, and what I've learned about birth pains is this: they start. And they increase, and they get more frequent, and they get way more intense. Am I right, ladies? Right? You know, like 10 minutes, and then 5 minutes, and then 3 minutes, and then we go from 3, we go to 5. Oh, she's at 8. Now she's at 10. Here comes baby. Oh, it's on like Donkey Kong, right? What's your point, J.O.? Well, I think this is going to happen in our world. We're in the beginning of the birth pains. We're living in it. And I think they're going to get increased and they're going to be more frequent. And listen, let me finish this. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. Wow. I'm so glad I'm born again because if they put me to death, at least I know where I'm going. Right? Seriously. Seriously. And many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Let that not be you as heart of the city church. I'm telling you in advance, this could take place. And because of lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Amen. That's that's our goal. Endure to the end. Now here's my eschatology statement right here. This is what I believe. Bam, Done. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Amen. Will you be yanked out and never face any persecution? I don't know. But I can tell you what our job is is that this gospel be preached to the ends of the earth and then Jesus is going to come back. And it's going to be glorious. Will people in this room face persecution? We very could, well, maybe one day, I'm not sure, especially if you go to other nations on mission trips. I don't know, maybe right here. You know, it's not too far from our back door. But don't think it's not happening because it's not in North Idaho all the time. And it is in North Idaho, by the way. We've experienced it to some great degree, in North Idaho. You need to be aware of it. Amen.